0: The good person, out of the good treasure of their heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of their evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the overflow of the heart, their mouth speaks. I hope you sense the overflow that what God's doing, that God's moving within us. And I, I can sense it. I Hope you can. If if you can't, that's okay. It's just part of where you're at, and that that's not like anything because maybe maybe this is new to you. And you're, but we do hope you sense the presence of the Lord as as many of us do here this morning, and we will have an opportunity even more to respond here. Uh, at the end of our service, but we're going to take a moment here. It's, it's graduation season, and we've been actually communicating the last few weeks. That if there's any graduates in our church family, we want to take this day to to honor them to come up. And so, those that express that yes, uh, clued me in, uh, we have a special a special gift and and. And an opportunity to pray for you today. And so could I just invite those who are in the room, that our high school graduates, if, if you're here, could you come on up to the stage here? That would be great. I know we have one. Come on up, Axel. Come on up, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, are you graduating? Yeah. Oh, high school? Yeah. Well, come on over. <laughs> Ruth, I didn't know you are. Okay, here's the awkward thing. I didn't know. That's okay. So, but we're going to pray for you, and I'm sure the prayer would be great, and I have something for you, and it's going to be amazing, but you'll get it in another day. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Come on up, Axel. Great. Great. Um, both these guys, you're, you're graduating from, you're, you're doing Wacom, right? Where you, you're wrapping up. Running start Wacom, so, so Ruth is graduating, and Axel is graduating from Blaine High School, right? Online. Online. Playing baseball, though, finishing up. You're heading up, so we want to bless these both. We um, Jake's going to come up. We've got a gift for you, Axel. Come on up. We have a Bible, and uh, where is Jake? Is he? oh, he's right there. Okay, and we've got that for you. And we're just going to take a moment, and I just want to tell you both. And we have we have others that are graduating. I think we've got six others that are graduating in our in our North Bay community here. But I want to encourage you both with this. I was just praying this morning, and there's a scripture. It's almost like a family scripture for us that we've prayed over our kids for and they they know in fact we sing it in the car when they're kids and it's proverbs 3 5 and 6 it says this trust in the lord with all your heart do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight and so I want to pray. Actually, Jake's going to pray. We're going to pray a blessing on you. But I want to encourage you with that as you as you move forward in trusting in the Lord as you go into your adult life. And the beauty of the body of Christ is you trust in the Lord. Find other people that you can partner with as well as you trust in, in the Lord together. That following Jesus isn't just a... An individual sport, it's a team sport, it's 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 something you you play music, you know the importance of being in a musical group, and the beauty of that, even though you can be a soulless, there's something of coming together in synergy. And you mean sports, you know, Axel, that the, the team it's hard to play baseball, all the positions in one team. You know what that is. And I tell you, being a part of the body of Christ is really the same thing. And the beauty of being in a church family is the church family's worldwide. <laughs> you know, now I have some different uncles and aunts and my extended family. Now, sometimes you go to places and there's odd family members. I'm just saying, when you go, but wherever you go, whether it's off to college or wherever God places you, even outside Whatcom County... There's the body of Christ to find. To go to a place that lifts up Jesus, to makes the word of God the center, you're not going to go wrong. And there's a place for you in God's family the rest of your life. And I want to encourage you that, both individually as you trust in him, but uh, his church and he has for you. So we just want to pray a blessing on you this morning.
1: So I'm going to pray some scripture over you real quick. Um, Ezekiel 36 says, I will pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I will give you a new heart put a new spirit in you, I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with God's heart, Mm. like a God-willed, not a self-willed heart. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you to do and to live by my commands. Mm. So, Lord, this morning, we just speak to these two's hearts, and I just invite them, Lord, to step into the inheritance that you have offered to them as sons and daughters of God. I invite them to step into the inheritance that their families have given them spiritually to step into a life that is committed to you. And I invite them to step into the inheritance that their church families have extended to them. Yes, Lord, there is a grace. There's this free gift that you have offered us and you have offered these two. And I just speak to their hearts this morning and encourage them that they will walk with your spirit all the days of their life and they will encounter you in your presence. Mm, yes, so we bless Lord. them this morning. We love them. Yes. We encourage them. Mm, we lift them up, we empower them, we come around them, we celebrate them in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Thank you for allowing us to bless you. And I think, you know, the heart of people in the church is you come to a place in your life, and I think it's probably us older people, we get to the place where we want to continue to invest in the, in the younger generation. We want to continue to encourage, and no matter what age, and I, I if you're a parent, you, you realize, and I'm realizing now as adult, I have adult children, that, that you just don't stop parenting, <laughs> do you? It just looks a little bit different, and the opportunity that we, even as our maybe different generations, that we can still invest in each other and, and those around us, and so it's so good to be able to be able to do that. So thank you guys for letting us be a part of that. And, and families here, congratulations. Way to go. I think we know the feeling when our kids cross the graduation ceremony, you're like, we did it. <laughs> so great, way, way to go, parents, as, as well. We want to celebrate with you. Um, as mentioned, we've been doing this series called Overflow. And if you're here or if you're online, maybe the first time you're with us, we want to welcome you to be part and jumping in here with us. We have notes available in your programs here in person you can grab them digitally uh, there's somewhere there's a QR cord, cord code you can you can download them as well but the theme for our series or kind of sub theme has been living in God's abundance in a world of scarcity and there's so much of our life where there's it's not it's not what we have we get many times focus on what we don't have. We look at our needs because we create to-do lists of what we need to do next and what we need to accomplish. And all that's good. We want to make accomplishments in life, but we can live out of need more than out of really what God has really blessed with us. And I, I think I'm glad for holidays sometimes that we get to reflect a little bit. You know, we have... Uh, Memor- we, we had Memorial Day, and, and you know we'll have the Fourth of July. By the way, we're having a what we call a Celebration Sunday. We're going to be outside, and we're we'll be gathering just down the road at the American Legion. On July 2nd, we're going to have a Sunday outdoor service. It's going to be a great time. And some of you go, oh, no, last 4th of July, it rained really hard. Well, we have a little bit of a cover. So if you come early, you get the covered part. Um, but we're, we're going to celebrate. But I think there's markers that we have that are kind of building our society really good. And even Memorial Day, as we gather with family we were reminiscing on people that have passed, but also we were talking about what we experience even with our families. And one of those was just vacations. And we got the conversation about how uh, Disney, we had Disney experiences. And how you view Disney, that's yeah, it's up to you and everything. But I just remember going to Disneyland as a kid and then as a young adult. And, and it was great, had great experiences. But what made Disney even more fulfilling or experienced was watching my own Kids, watching my own family uh, experience it, and so our kids, we kind of waited till they're about five or eight years old because how many know you kind of want your kids to remember some of it, you know, like you have got to, you know, like I, you know, so we wanted them, but we didn't want to lose the lose the little wonder of it as we did that, you know, the princess and all that. So we remember our kids coming through. Well, it was actually my wife's first time going to Disneyland. So to see the wonder on the, our 5-year-old and our 8-year-old and our 38-year-old as entering in the, the Pearly gates of Disneyland, and, and you know walking the Main Street, and there's kind of an awe, you know, you know of Disney. They spare no expense, and, and you know every every sound and smell and everything all kind of connects together as you experience that, and and you just you know you're you're caught up in it. And You just throw your credit card everywhere it goes as you as you do that, and it's the Magic Kingdom. Now, what I've learned and experienced in life is this: is that. Even as that was going on in this magical experience of entering the magic kingdom, I've also found way more fulfillment, or even I would say gr- even greater fulfillment, than, than my, not only my own experience, but the experience of others that are entering God's kingdom. That God's kingdom is much more grander, and, and, and God spared no expense. Because he, we just sang today, he gave his very son the biggest price that we can enter his kingdom. Jesus came to present his kingdom. You know what's interesting when you read the Gospels about Jesus is, a lot of times we associate Jesus with the cross and with the resurrection, which does lead to that. But when Jesus preached and communicated his kingdom, he didn't bring that up yet. He came and and talked about the rule and reign of God to come. He says the kingdom of God is, is near you. In fact, the kingdom of God can be in you. This summer, we'll be talking more about God's kingdom and the way Jesus expresses it. So there's some amazing stories called the parables. But Jesus came to bring his kingdom to us, and that kingdom is to, to live in us, and that kingdom is to actually flow through us, and then we're in the series of overflow through us. I love the, the scripture that we've been using kind of as an anchor for us in Romans fifteen thirteen that says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so you might overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I just love what it's saying about out of out of the overflow of our life. We, we talked week one, out of the overflow of the life, the, the mouth speaks as we saw, or the overflow of what's in our heart, our life shows is shown that way. And so through Jesus' both Death and there's resurrection, and then His ascension, He brought was as we sang today forgiveness, freedom. We sang about breaking the captives being set free, and then through the the, the coming of the Holy Spirit to bring um, this this brim of or, or, or this through the overflow of the Spirit filled to the brim, but really the overflow would spill into the others around us. In in our lives, and to experience that, and so and this is not just for individual people, but collectively as a church that we would experience this overflow that would would spill out. And I think we need to be reminded that 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 God had a way and a plan and a method. And it's when you look about it, look at it, you kind of go like, "I don't know if I, God, if I was you, I would, I would go this route." But you chose your agency to flow through. The church. Sometimes we look and we're going, Really? Is this who you want to use? I mean, the, you know, because we're not really got it all together. We, we know this already. And yet God chose the agency in which to flow through. And in, in a sense, that some of the fixing some of his biggest problems in the world were going to happen through the local church. He desired for us to do that. That sin, death, and hell are fixed by the cross and the resurrection. So we get to share that good news to the world. When when the hungry and the sick and the impoverished it, it, it happen in our world around us, we're called to leave that suffering as the local church. Through bondage and, and addiction and spiritual brokenness, there's a healing that can take place through hopefully offering a safe, grace-based community called the local church that we get to be a part of. But here's the problem with all that. We are incredibly flawed people. Right? I hope if you're new here today and you you came into this this old barn building, we we hope you see like wow, it's not the matah, ma, 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 Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. It's not very f- Fancying here. It, it's kind of holding up. It depends on the wind. Uh, but it, 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 we're here. I hope that represents the fact that we are flawed, broken people as well. That we do not have it together. That we, we really don't. And I think you know that already. But if you're looking for some I- ideal, there, there is. There's a description that we'll be reading here today. But it's hard to live that up. The, you know, the church is very flawed. And in, in, in fact, in all seriousness, when I was in a Zoom call, a part of a a discipleship initiative that I'm involved with. If you've been involved in a quad or micro group, I'm in part of this movement happening. And we were doing a coaching call with a a couple in Alaska. And they're trying to get these micro groups going out there with a group of pastors and spreading all over the peninsula of Alaska. And and it was really great. And they they had this immigration coming from Croatia. And they were talking about the the state of the church in Croatia. It's not very good. They were talking about the, the mentality of the church in Croatia. If, if, if you're not a church person there, you view the church as this, as priests that abuse children. And we're just going, oh my goodness, that's the stigma in that country and around the world. That The negativity and really is to say evilness that that has brought has affected the church so much around us. So what's our response? Well, our response is repentance. Our response is to... God, will you pour out your spirit again and touch lives? And but start with us. See that that challenge of this outpouring, this overflow, was also something that was uh, was needed in the, the first century church that we're going to go to today. That we're going to look at it. That there's a, there's flaws of people that God still wants to use and still wants to do an overflow through. And back to the very first generation. Last week, we, we talked about Pentecost Sunday. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. Penta means 50. And what it is in Judaism is where there's the Passover, which is a massive event where God basically passed over the people through not receiving all the plagues in Egypt, and then after that experience, uh, sent them out and through Moses and they, they were able to go through the forty years but enter in the promise on that, that ushered in this incredible this incredible miracle that took place. So that the the Jewish people, they celebrate that. Well fifty days after that, the Sunday of that Passover, we celebrate it. But it also is for The New Testament church, the the Christians, it's talking also on the the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out. In fact, it's recorded here in Acts chapter 2. It says this, when the, the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And I love that phrase, because it's not just speaking of physical location. They were all crammed in one room, or some say the upper room. But it was also... The place where they were one place in heart and mind. If you you have a different translation of the Bible, it might say one accord. Meaning they're one mind and one heart in unifi- unified uh, work together, what God and believing what God's going to do. God blesses unity, but he does not bless division. Wherever there's division, God doesn't doesn't do a whole lot of work, does he? He might be working on individual hearts and hoping people to bring reconciliation, but there's not a uni- unification. There, there's not a movement that's there. M- movements come out of unity, and that's what was happening. Listen what happened when they did this. It says, suddenly a, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there was seem like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Can you imagine these tongues, like human tongues with fire on them? And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The word, when I was reading this this morning, reminded reminded this, is violent wind came. It wasn't just a a little wind. It was like this massive experience that they had. It just just turned everything upside down in in this place they were gathering. And it says these tongues were what we find is there the, are the languages they're speaking of the Jewish pilgrims that came to celebrate Pentecost. So these these hundred twenty were speaking different dialects and different languages of this gathering of people that came from different directions to, and they're Jewish people that came to celebrate Passover that led to then also celebrating that Pentecost. God was bringing. His church together in, in many different ways at this moment, the Apostle Luke, who's the one that wrote the account in the book of Acts, this is the reaction, of this divine visitation, that basically this church experience spills over into the streets. And so when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hear them in our own native language? They heard the the spirit-filled, overflowing group, and they're going. And this is what it says in verse 12. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine. So what happens, you read next, is that Peter got up. Peter, leading after Jesus, rose from the dead, and he kind of seems to be one of the leaders kind of standing up. And he, he got before the people, and he basically says, we're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. This is not what this is. Let me tell you what this is. And he prophesies, actually reads a prophecy, quotes a prophecy from the book of Joel. He says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. This day, this day, Peter's saying, this is the day. This is the day that it's going to be fulfilled. There will be a day, the day of the Lord, but this day is a big day. This is what's happening. And he said this, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can read how Peter shares the gospel and, and says, you know, that Jesus that we're worshiping now, you're the ones that put him to death. And but he rose from the dead and he begins to communicate the gospel and the power of the gospel. And it says this, the response was amazing. Listen to what it was. Is when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Wow, this took place. This promise. What is he saying? He's saying, it's not a promise just for you today to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just for your kids. It's not for their kids It's for all who are far off, whom the Lord our God will call. Who are the far off people? Right here. Right today. This moment. Holy Spirit stirs a response of these people. And it says over 3,000 people come to faith that day. That 120 group, just a few moments before, turns into 3,000. And God is moving. How many know after 2,000 years, God is still in the last days? God's not done. When this stirring takes place. I love how Acts, the book of Acts in chapter 2 ends. I want you to listen to this. Because mentioned earlier, we're, we're, we're kind of a messed up group of people, right? What I mean by that is you're, now if you're new, you're like, oh, I don't know. He keeps saying we're messed up. We're just messed up humanity. You know enough, right? You know people. When you get to know them, you're going, they're not normal people. Here's what I've learned is when you get to know somebody, you'll find out nobody's normal, right? We all have our thing. But here's what's beautiful about it. As people come under the name of Jesus and they surrender to the Lord, it's just like we've lifted hands today and say, God, here we are. Here's a description. Now, when you read the description, it is ideal, Because you read this on and you go, that didn't happen later. We know that as we read the Bible. And Paul, apostle, brings a lot of correction to the church. But listen to what the church, if all, it was running, all cylinders. When all the ducks in a row. when, When everything is in its perfect place, listen to this beautiful picture of the church. It says this is what happened at the end. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says this, The Lord added to their number daily of those who are being saved. That's the church. That's the church at its best. That's the church when, when everybody's working together and everybody's praying, everybody's seeking, and, and, and it's, I, you know, it's not perfect. Nothing's, no one's perfect on this earth, but there's a, there's a, there's a wonderful description that we see and, and many of us experience at moments and times. I know I have. I know my wife has. Today marks, I don't know if you know this, but today marks our 15th year of coming and being a part of the church. So, 15 years ago it was the first. It was June 1st, 2008, that Chrissy Christy and I we met. We were over at the school, and some of you, few people, might remember this. We we were there, and uh, we we came on as the interim pastor, and uh, we're still here. It's still interim. Still still happening. And and uh, yeah, it's yeah, give it up for interim pastors because they they they're still around. Not nobody's per, uh, permanent, um, but. What God was doing was pretty amazing. And we've, we've lived miracles, miracle after miracle. Sometimes it's like God just does what he does, and then sometimes he, he does in spite of us. <laughs> and, and, and we've, you've been around, many of you have been around, we've seen miracle after miracle. But what's happening is God is doing it through his people. We've had challenges. Oh, man, I could tell you some stories, and you could tell some stories that we've, we've gone through. But we're here to, t- to live to tell about it. And God's not done. He's continuing to want to pour out His Spirit in our lives. We, we've seen through the, the mission of, of Jesus, people that are gathered in community together, we've seen hundreds of people come to Christ. We've seen so many people baptized. We've seen where community people of, of young people stirred in such a way that, that have gone out and served in youth with a mission and, and missionaries across across the world. We we've seen that happen. We've seen a group of people in such a way we felt called to start a church in Blaine. We we've been we, we've been a part of this, this work, and yet there's still so much more to be done and look back on. And yet, as I say, there's a stirring that took place, and that's what was happening with this early church. And it sounds wonderful, sounds amazing, but this stirring caused quite a stir. And there was, as every time there is, there's pushback. And what you read in the few next chapters in the book of Acts, what you find is, is that the church is, it's almost like a triple threat that takes place. There's, a, there's the, the Jewish religion That's pushing back. It's the Roman Empire that's pushing back. And of course, Satan is pushing back on it. And yet, after even chapter 7 and and the first martyr of the church is Stephen, things got intense. Look at chapter 8. It says this on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. Those who've been scattered preaching the word wherever they went. Philip went down to some city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And when the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, and all they all paid a close attention to what he had said, for with shrieks impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. But look at this last line. It says of this: there was a great joy in that city. There was a great joy in that city. And you read back and like, really? After this persecution and all that's going on, there was joy? Yeah, because in the pushback and in the, in the scattering, guess what? The gospel spread. There was a work that took place that it spread. And it was, it, and you know, when we hear the gospel, we hear it when, when Jesus, before he was born, that, that there would be the good news of great joy a sa- to all people, that a Savior will be born. This is Christ the Lord. That's the Christmas story. We know and here it's being fulfilled. It's scattering to all people. Not just some people. Not just those religious people. This Jewish group of people. But to all. Jesus says, go and proclaim the good news. And do it to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the parts of the, the world. And Samaria was this group of people. The, non, the non-Jewish the non people. And this it was spreading. And there was this overflow that was happening. I, I'm reminded that many times we... You know, we 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 want to in our life uh, try to, you know, try to get charged up. You know, we we plug our phones in every night, don't we? And and you know what's like the next day when you look and your phone didn't get charged. Do you have you experienced that? You spent all day trying to charge your phone. Just a little juice here, a little juice here, a little juice here. Hey, can I plug in? Can I use your, can I, you know, do that? Well, I'll put it in my car. Get it. So we do all this. And I was thinking, as much as that's a good metaphor for us to get charged up spiritually, I don't know if that's what really, I think, if you can think of yourselves as more of a tank of, of fuel. To be, to be filled up, but what does it do? It leads to an Overflow. God is into the overflow that comes out of the abundance in our lives to spill over and to splash over. This is what I'm learning in my own life, and not just as a pastor and teaching and what I'm doing, but but also for as a follower of Jesus, is that I I realize I come to a place, I'm not in charge of filling your tank. I'm just in charge of emptying mine. I'm I'm not trying to fill anybody's cup. I'm just letting overflowing my cup. But I, you and I, we can't give what we don't have. It comes from that overflow. Well, this epicenter of the church began to spread, and Satan was doing all he can to squash it, but the Spirit says, "Let's go spread it." And it says in Acts 8:12 that when, the, when, when they believed Philip as they' preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they're baptized both men and women. The, the gospel is spreading. It splashed over into non-Jewish people. And it says they were baptized in the name of Jesus. They were were dunked in water. They were immersed. Baptism means um, to be immersed completely. That's what's going to take place tonight. We're going to dunk some kids tonight. We're dunking some young people tonight in the water because they have given their life to Jesus. And they're making a statement in faith and believing that them. And this is Jake, express you know, would be praying for you for them during that time. I'm going to take a step further, Jake. It's okay. Why don't you just show up too? Why don't we celebrate with them from the shoreline as we cheer them on to do that? If you're in, in, in available this evening to come come and do that, uh, and 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 Christian are going to be there because we we just want to be a part of what God's doing. And if you haven't been baptized yet, we want you to know we're actually going to have a, a church baptism August 20th. Baptism in the bay. It's important. It's a statement. But but being baptized in water, there's more work that God does. Look at what happens to the believers. Here it says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that, that in Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers and that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them. And they've simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. What was interesting was happening, as you read in Acts 10 and Acts 17, where there's this, what seems to be a subsequent experience. Not just, a, not just a, a time, a moment of salvation, and then they're baptized in water to confirm their faith. But there's a subsequent experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a pouring out. The Bible says when you receive Jesus, the spirit you're born again. The Spirit of God is in you. But there seems to be a subsequent experience of the Spirit of God to fill you. And that's what was going on here. There was, a, there was And, the, and the, the other apostles, well, we got to go find out. If, if God's moving not just with us Jewish people, He's moving with other people, wow, we, we need it. And the, this experience happened. Can I tell you, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit... You're, you're, you're trying to fill your tank or you're trying to charge your battery and you're just not gonna, you're gonna live in the human, human struggle all the time. And even if you've given your life to Jesus, you're doing it in a man-woman-based effort to do that and it's, it's just not enough. I don't have time to do this and so I'm gonna, uh, Haley, I'm gonna skip these but in your program, you can read how, how the workings of the Spirit happen. The benefits of walking in the Spirit that, that you know you re- use power and you re- help with God's will for your life and, and to be able to how to pray and how to spread the good news of Jesus how, how the spirit can guide you and show you the gifts you have they're all there and I encourage you to look at each of those scriptures up this week or if you're in your small group to do that together there's dozens of gifts of the spirit that God's using through the power of Holy Spirit through our life what I want to focus on as we get toward the end here is this: is that there's, there was, it says, there was great joy in the city, because of the Spirit of God being poured out, and because the people respond in such a way that there was joy. I'm just wondering as we as we go from this place, could we be a joy spilling church? Can we be people that? They're overflowed with the power of the Holy Spirit that it spills over into the people that are around us. And I just want to give you a few thoughts about this. The lead us in being a joy-spilling church, and then we'll pray. The first is this. Our community needs to see the fruit of the gospel in our lives, so let's show it. They need to see the fruit of it. Let's show it. How many, as a kid, you did show and tell in school? Come on, raise your hand. Show and tell. Okay? And... And, and so what you did, if you don't know what show and tell, I think everybody should know what show and tell, is you bring something or someone, and you're like, hey, this is this person, or this is it. And I remember kind of mid-70s, there was a popularity to have pet rocks. I don't know who invented that, but the guy is brilliant, or the woman's brilliant. I'm going to get rocks from the beach, and I'm going to paint them, and I'm going to sell them, okay? I mean, I think... We weren't that smart in the 70s. I think there's something like, we can get your own rock and paint it. So I don't know if my friend painted his own rock, but he goes, This is my pet rock. And I always say, I, when he did that, it was so uninspiring. You know, it was so not like, All right, it's a pet rock. Ha ha, I get the joke. And, you know, low maintenance, he talked about feeding him, and, you know, talked about watering him, and, you know, taking him outside to do you-know-what. I'm like, ah-ha-ha, oh, ha, this is not, this is really I'm underwhelmed by this experience. And I just thought, sometimes we present Jesus like a pet rock. I was just thinking, like, sometimes we start telling about him, but people don't really, they get, okay, I heard, I heard about him, I gotta know, yeah, 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 I know, you know. But they're like, are we showing him? Are we showing him? You know, Jesus said this. He said, Let your light shine before men that may see your good, what? Words? No. Works. That they may praise your Father in heaven. We need to do a lot more showing than, than telling. We just need to. It's showing first. It's showing. How do you show your life? It's the spillage it's your, of the Spirit in your life. You're like, why are you so happy? Where's the joy coming from? What is that? And you don't want to be cheesy about it. Be like, no, I, I, well, I just... I'm happy today. God's doing a lot of things in my life. I'm really I'm really experiencing that. And it's a genuine way we do that. So what people need to see is not what we're saying. They need to show it. And it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit that show in our life. We need to show it. Who, do, who are you going to show off of the Lord this week in your life and how you're living it? But here's the thing about it is, some point we got to tell it too. Our, our community needs to hear the good news about Jesus. So let's share it. Let's share it. A while back, I was talking to a friend, and you've maybe had this experience as well, where you're at work and church gets brought up, and, and someone says to your coworker, says, I didn't know you're a Christian. And I don't know how you feel about that, but usually you feel ouch, right? Because you you know. And I think what they learned from it was, it wasn't that there were bad examples of it, but they never really talked about their faith. This week, you, if you pray, God will give you an opportunity to share your faith. But as you do that, don't Jesus juke people, okay? Do you know what I mean by that? Don't don't throw something at them that sounds religious. Speak what God... Is from your heart and what God's doing, and it can include a Bible verse. It can include truth. I'm not. Don't get me wrong on that. But but don't don't get too cheesy with people. Just be who you are. Because here's what I've learned about evangelism: is this Christians and non-Christians do not does not like evangelism. Okay. Neither one of us do, because it's somehow it's a script or we've got to do something. No, just be real. Just share what God's doing in your life. But it is a moment where we open our mouth. This is, this is what Romans says about this. How can they be the one who has not believed? How can they believe as the one who has not heard? How can you, they not hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach until they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We have the opportunity. Man, let's show it. Let's share it. Who are you bumping into this week? God will push you there. I mean, we talked the first week is, you know, what comes in you will come out of you, okay? You're, you're, we're all full of something, okay? And so who who runs into you? Who bumps into you? Will the, 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 the Spirit of God be poured out of you into others? That share the good news of great joy. And here, here finally, as we get close to wrapping up, is this. Our community needs to experience the power of God at work, so let's invite people to it some pipe people to it you know we're still kind of watching this service if we're going to need to add another service probably wait until september is what we're looking but there's some seats still available here and if we need to fill get more seats we'll add another service but it's not just coming to church it's being the church as we continue to communicate to the people around us to invite them into community to invite them over for dinner to to welcome them into a a beach fire this summer some way you're connecting to people invite them in to experience what you're experiencing i love what's happening in our in our chamber in our chamber of commerce is this i hear back i hear back from our community wow we love what god is doing through your church we thank you and they might not even say god they might say you got this church really serves the community And when I began to share about our building concerns and what we're doing, I have individuals outside of our community are saying to us, oh my goodness, we want to help. We want to get involved in how we can help get your building built and do all that. And there's people outside saying this. Why? Because of us here in this community are serving the community. That's what's going on. Their thought was, if this church was not in this community, it would be tragic. It would be such a loss. What a great compliment that is. But I want to take it a step further Is this, is that God is also wanting to pour out his spirit into the, the very people that hear that, that, that want that experience, that they love the church serving, but is the church anything doing for them and checking and touching them and the power... Of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to read what Paul says in First Corinthians, but he talks about this. He goes, he says, I, I don't, it's not an eloquent words and saying it the right way and doing it the right way. He says, I come with you in weakness, but I come with you in the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And I would say to you, that's the same work. That you and I are coming with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. See, people don't need more information. They can Google it. What they need is transformation. And it only happens Through the power of the Holy Spirit And guess what You can't give What you don't have As we close on this question Our team comes Let me ask you this simple question Are you spirit filled? Are you spirit filled? Are you as a follower of Jesus Going on your own strength Going in your own power char- Trying to find a place To charge your life and you're looking everywhere else, you're trying to find the three easy ways, or you're trying to be, you know, more disciplined and everything with that, it's just, I tell you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna fall apart. You're, you're not gonna make it. But only what the Spirit of God would fill you, and more than just fill you, would overflow in your life. I think we get filled up all the time. But is there an overflow that's happening in your life? And I just want to invite you to pray with me as we close. I want you just to take this moment and say, Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me today. See, I've learned. No, not learned. I'd experienced at 17, the first time that I experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit. I was at a summer camp. It was actually a winter camp And Camp Luther was down at Lake Samish And we had this little chapel And there was a roaring fire to keep us warm And our youth, my youth pastor He gave this invitation For people to come forward To receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit And all of a sudden I found myself at the front It's almost like God just pushed me right to the front And I was touched in such a way that I will never forget it. The power of God hit me in such a way that it forever changed me. And from that point on, I knew I couldn't live on my own. I couldn't do it on my own. I needed the power of God in my life continually. What I've learned is it's not a one-time experience. It's not a filled up and I'm good for the rest of my life. I need an ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, will you move right now? Not because we're demanding it, but Lord, we just ask for you to do that. Will you just move, Lord? Will you, will you do only what you can do in the hearts of the people here? to stir. We're not conjuring up anything. We're not trying to make anybody do anything, Lord, but, but you do that work. You're stirring people today. They're tired of living on their own strength. They're trying to li- live on their own ingenuity. They're trying to live on their own dis- self-discipline. It's just not enough. Lord, you offer freedom. You offer forgiveness. You offer offer life to fill us and to help us through, not just get through, not just to just scarcely make it through, but, Lord, this abundance, this not only be filled up, but be overflowed of your spirit into a hurting, broken humanity that so truly, truly needs it. Lord, will you help us today be filled with you and invite you to stand as we sing this. And as we sing this song, we're just going to take a moment. If you feel like the Lord is stirring your heart to be filled with the Holy Spirit, our prayer team's coming now to be available to pray with you. You know, just as we we laid hands on these graduates, we talked about in Acts how, in Acts chapter 8, where the people of Samaria, they, they, they received Jesus, but they have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. It says the apostles laid hands on them. Well, we're all apostles here. We're all believers in Christ. We're all called as a body of believers to do that for one another. So I'm going to invite you, as we sing this song, if you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, a new and a fresh way to come forward. And, and in fact, maybe for the first time in your life, you you're going, I've said yes to Jesus. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus, we want to have that conversation with you that first receive Jesus in your heart and your mind. And he just wants to transform you. So we invite you to come forward. Just come forward here and we'll just lay hands on you. And we'll pray for you in this closing song before we leave. Let's do that right now. As God leads you.